Hello, everyone. Welcome to New Polities Podcast. We are here today because we're so excited to announce New Polities' fourth annual conference here in Steubenville, Ohio, May 23rd, 24th, and 25th. That's three days. Three days, of baby. New, of New Polity. Uh, hope, I hope you guys can stand it, and we hope you come. The title of the conference is, Therefore, Should We Destroy the Servers? Should we, Mark? Not the waiters, but the internet servers, <laughs> once again. Gosh. It's a conference on technology specifically. We really are tired of hearing the sort of general opinion that technology is bad, that it's hurting us, that it's making us lonely and isolated and miserable. But in the end of the day, what are you going to do? It's technology. Here we are. We're on a podcast. We're using microphones, etc. Everyone keep your heads down. We're not going to use uh, any microphones <laughs> at the conference. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> or equally the idea that technology is neutral. Yeah. Right? It's just, just, how it's you just use a it. tool. It's how you use it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah. seems to me, I don't know how you guys feel, that Christianity gives us the resource to understand technology, not just as this or that device, but as a total way of looking at the world. It's a sort of instrumentalizing way of looking at the world, a utilitarian way of looking at the world, and also a way of a way of being towards the world that sort of presumes that it's scarce, mm-hmm. that God is not going to take care of us, and that the whole thrill and excitement of human life is whether we can um, be clever enough to find ways to live a little longer and scrape out a little more comfort for ourselves because we're not going to get it from any sort of natural order. That, that seems to be uh, <laughs> well, the thing we'd like to critique, obviously. Uh, and we're not, we're not, um, I mean, we should be very clear that this isn't like us just airily imagining uh, a, a new line of thought here. This is a well-trodden path within mm-hmm. philosophy. I'd say anyone mm-hmm. who has been concerned with the state of the modern world and has written a book in the last 150 years or so has addressed in some form or another the, the problem of technology. Absolutely. Um, and so we want to touch on a lot of those thinkers. I'm thinking of um, Martin Heidegger, Hannah Arendt, Jacques Ellul, Obviously, McLuhan, my my boy Ivan Illich. Yeah. Um, Even go further back, Marx. Yeah, totally. Um, the conference is gonna do the work that we're always trying to do, and sometimes succeeding at, which is to both allow the space and the community necessary to think about the things as such. To really come away from this conference with an answer of what technology is, which is not an easy it's not an easy discussion. It re- really requires some contemplation because it's not just tools. It's not just machines. It's not just our devices. It's not just the sum total of all these things. Uh, it's a particular paradigm, even as that paradigm manifests itself in things like in artifacts that mm-hmm. we make. Um, so that needs to be addressed. Uh, but then it's not all just this heavy lifting because at the end of the day, I think we have an intuitive sense that these phones are killing us. Mm-hmm. And these and this these addictions, and this life mediated through screens, and this constant repetition of, um, or, or the the constant repetition that we see in in our world in which some peaceful, customary way of life, place, is seen as a opportunity for some new technological development. Um, the kind of replacement of the real with the technological seems yeah. to be just so standard today that we can't possibly simply make this a philosoph- just a philosophical conference. So it's 
going to try to walk that knife edge. And you know what I'm most excited about? No, yeah. no, no. Guess, you know what? One of the things I'm very excited about? All right, deal. That you're going to debate chat GPT over its existence. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. I think that's going to be a blast. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been playing around with the software and I think that I think that ChatGPT is capable of arguing with me live. Trying to defend so its existence. Well, they've recently, and I say they because I, I don't know, uh, but they've recently... <laughs> You're talking about the Kenyans <laughs> for building well, it. Yeah. They've recently added a, a voice software, uh, fe- or a, a voice feature where you can speak with it, um, which is creepy. But I don't really like to use this thing, but is I it thought... Mark Wahlberg's voice? Well, you can, I mean, this is the thing now you can, um, you can have any celebrity, you can have, every, you can have any, any celebrity, uh, sort of speak to you now. That's one of the perks of modernity. We're here. Um, we're here. All right. That'd be terrifying. So I'm going to yeah. debate, yeah, I'm going to debate chat GBT and see how far that gets. You know what also I'm most excited yeah, about, or one of the other things I'm most excited about that you're going to debate somebody over this resolution. Resolved. Prayer apps are fitting for the spiritual life. Yeah. Whoa. So we're in conversations with... Which side are you on? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Mark's con. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is also an open invitation. You know, if you feel like you could successfully argue Mm -hmm. with me that prayer apps... Mm-hmm. And this is a broad category. I would say any sort of digitalization of the of the liturgical or um, spiritual life, especially of cath- of Catholics, obviously. But uh, you know, the Hindus are fine too. Yeah, yeah, I think it would probably mm-hmm. also work for there. Um, then I'm happy to debate you on the topic. Uh, and it's not. I, I shouldn't. It's not just like well, obvious. I, I think because there's a real argument to be said like look you guys can be all against digital technology but but look at you you're trying to evangelize through the use of digital technology and if we're going to start um really living into this world and not some fantasy world then mm. the church needs to be as present through our social media accounts and through our devices as it is through anything else mm-hmm. so so that and, and that is a good argument and i think yeah. it's one worth having now i think that's not a sufficient argument um but I would like to debate someone on it. So maybe you're that person. Well, I'm in <laughs> Send some us conversations <laughs> with people that work at some of these prayer apps. I think I found you a guy. Oh, yeah. And we'll be renouncing that soon. But I'm pretty pumped about this. We'll have to so, talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but all of this is pretty um, pretty much what you could expect, I think, from new poly, from a new polity conference where you want to take um, some good controversial... Beer, good bread. Good controversial beer, <laughs> some good, yeah, some good food, really great community, great company, a beautiful time. We always try to open up as many guest homes in Steubenville as we can um, so that you guys get to experience not just us talking to you, but also the sense of something radical and exciting happening um, here in the USA. Uh, <laughs> but something that you might not expect from New Polity is that we have a keynote speaker who is just fantastic. And that is Matthew Crawford. Oh, don't, oh, you've really did Dang the it. drum roll. Matthew Crawford, everybody. <laughs> Matthew Crawford, author of. He's right there, grab it. Uh, what do we got? Orange one. Oh yeah, this is the right one, okay. All right, Matthew Crawford, I don't know if you can see this. Author of Shop Class as Soulcraft, which is. Um, hard to say. Yeah, it is hard to say. Not That is not <laughs> the best part of the book. Um, 
This is a bestseller back in 2009. It's a bestseller still today. Yeah, Penguin picked it up at some point. Or yeah. did, he, did he go straight to Penguin? Does anyone go straight to Penguin? Or do they just pick up... Anyway, that's not the question here. The, <laughs> the point is that Matthew Crawford is a phenomenal thinker in this regard. And one of the reasons why we're especially excited that he's coming to Steubenville to talk to us is because he is someone that without a doubt understands, loves, and is constantly using machines. Um, now, especially you might know him as, as the guy who wrote Why We Drive, which is a defensive driving over and against its uh, automated future. Um, but he's a guy that was also running a, a auto mechanic shop uh, out of Virginia for a while. Um, he gets called a philosopher mechanic. Uh, and I think it's very important to note that... Aristotle's the, rolling over in his grave. Yeah, sure. Facts. <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> but I think I, I think one of the things that's very important about having someone like Matthew Crawford to kind of guide us through this conference and to be with us and to think with us is that the critique of technology does not come from outside of um, the use of machines, the understanding of machines, kind of being within that world. But I think it actually comes from out of it. Hmm. So what I mean is we do not want to give the impression and we certainly don't want to spend a weekend thinking um, in a pagan way where we have a disdain as it were for the material reality Mm -hmm. of technology that we're involved in, the labor reality of it, the fact that you have to use it, the fact that it's part of production. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to distinguish uh, within what we call technology, what's good and what's evil. Um, And so I think Matthew Crawford would be a big help with that because you might, look at me and say, well, yeah, but you're, you know, pathetic in terms of like, you've probably never even used your body in any meaningful way and you don't know how electricity so we, works. And it's like, yeah, true. I don't know how, I don't understand that at all. I don't either. So, well, so we've got someone. I use it as an example of magic with my children. <laughs> like flipping a light switch. Yeah. Is that right? That's bad of me to do. But anyway. <laughs> There's a separation like, of cause and effect. is magic real? It's like, watch. <laughs> I flip the light switch. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no obvious cause to this effect. Yeah. So having someone that at least ostensibly knows about some of these uh, realities, these arcane realities, I think will help. Mag- s- <laughs> Science is just magic that works. Isn't yeah. that your line? Sorry, yeah. I'm still caught up right, on this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, that, that's a fair place to start. Do we need to tell anything about the conference where we talk a little bit about technology? Oh, oh, if you're gonna you're gonna register, you gotta do this. Newpolity.com slash events. You know what and also a fun one for this year is that we're gonna have a little gala dinner. So we usually run off ourselves with some of our speakers and have dinner at the greatest restaurant in all of Steubenville, which is in Wintersville. <laughs> and some this might, time we're inviting some might, you. Some might call it the only restaurant <laughs> In all of Steubenville, which is in Winter's Which is. <laughs> but it is very good. Now it's an awesome restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we're inviting you to join us there. So register for that as well. And we will uh, keep the fun going. Drinks yeah. being poured, the food being consumed. And, and a time, I think, to. being chuckled. A, a time, yeah. A time, I think, to, to hang out with us in, in a way that we might not have time for when we are running around mm-hmm. conferencing. So. Um, so yes, please register. I think um, tickets are $150. Early bird, 150 bucks. 150 bucks. So if you get it now, 
uh, go for it. And again, we will try our best to keep your costs down by, by getting you a house. We hope we can house everyone. We think this one's going to be pretty big. So we'll see. We'll if see you what we walk here, yeah, we'll also keep costs down. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Next point, please. Okay. So um, there will be much more to say, but we are busy confirming all of our speakers and making sure everyone is on board. So we don't want to give away too much and then have to uh, <laughs> retract it later. So I think just to whet our appetite a little bit, we can we can think about technology here together. Mm. Um, and I think... Do you know it, what the archetypical type of technology was for the Greeks? No. Fire from the gods. I thought you were going to say slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have said. Yeah, well, that's actually true too, isn't it? No, yeah. but in, like present in... But pre, well, that is actually de facto true, where it is, I think, the archetypal form of, of technology. What was present in their minds was Prometheus' fire, something where you are manipulating the very order of the gods, taking from them something that they did not give to you, adjusting the natural order to be able to make it out to have different ends. Mm -hmm. Work is a transformational activity in terms of taking something that was a given form and giving it a new one to give it a different nature and a different end. Mm -hmm. it, there was like some real tragedy in the midst of mm -hmm. any type of technological, any type of techne, you know, technological prowess. Yeah. It, well, was, it was sad for them. That's that's fair because, I, you know, any kind of, um, within a fallen world, um, any kind of artifact does have a certain tragedy to it because it's always caught up in our fear of death um, and our fear of scarcity mm -hmm. and our inability to take the natural world as it comes. But that being said, a, a critique of technology shouldn't ever land into a naturalism. Mm -hmm. uh, Rousseau does this a lot where where he has just a basic understanding that's civil, the sort of as we get more and more civilized, we get less and less natural. So he has mm -hmm. this dichotomy. And so, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the, the sort of natural man yeah. is his skin is hard. He's capable of weathering the elements. He's very strong. He's totally fit to his world and his world is fit to him. Mm -hmm. There's no weakness. And then every time he, for the sake of uh, essentially amassing, makes a gain in civilization through the development of artifacts, um, he loses in terms of nature. So it's a zero sum game. Right, so right. the ultimately most civilized person is like a larval pale, you know, uh, British, but not British. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> sorry. It's not true. Uh, but it, there is a real connection there between the, that ancient vision and, and this kind of enlightenment, modern one. What I don't like about it is that the description of, the naturalist mm -hmm. is just the description of the technologist. It's just that he describes man's place in the world as already being an effective technology. So it's not that he says there's real harmony between man and the world. Mm -hmm. He just says that man is basically an effective tool in the world, which is another way of describing him as an animal, which is mm -hmm. basically what Rousseau is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so he's been, he's sort of um, crafted in the right way to resist this world that he's really at the end of the day not meant for in just the same way that the very weak civilized person who has all the technology and all the devices to make sure he survives 
they're still talking about the same thing. Mm. You see this a lot in like right wing discourse right now where there's just like a sense that if we could get back to this harder, tougher thing, if we could work out all the time and get really strong, then we would arrive at this more natural state. But the presumption is still one of technology. It's like, well, then you're still presuming that man is not fundamentally made for this world unless he mm-hmm. goes to war with it. Mm-hmm. And then, he, and so the, the, the attitude that both of these things depart from is obviously that there is a, uh, there's an Eden, that there is a harmony between man and the world from the beginning. And that in our weakness or, or in our need to create in our need to, um, manipulate the world and form it in certain ways according to certain ends there's not simply the this is not simply motivated by the the ill-fittingness of mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. in us but by an actual perfection within our nature so like yeah, we just, are made in a certain way to form the world to new ends because we are world builders by nature mm-hmm. and that is not a technological paradigm so no one is saying like adam you've got to till and keep that garden because if you don't you're gonna die, you know. No, even right, if right. it's the effect of tilling and keeping the garden that he or even die. more to the point, <laughs> subduing and having dominion. Yes, mm-hmm. subduing and having dominion is not is not a conquering of nature, but a fulfillment of it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's within I, the very. It's within the, the the natural paradigm itself that man's supernatural vocation operates. Yeah. So maybe one one way to think about it is. To distinguish the sort of Edenic paradigm and the technological paradigm would be to look at a tree. And if you're if you're looking at the tree and you're saying, okay, this is a resource that that I can get wood from this tree, so destroy it in its nature and reduce it to a resource and t- turn that resource to my ends, which are to build a fort, to build a chair, whatever it is. That would be the technological mode. Now, the Edenic mode is to say that the tree longs to be a chair. Mm-hmm. And obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, the longing is a metaphor that I'm, I'm putting there to be a little bit cute. but It's not that much of a metaphor. But in the sense that like the I fulfillment... Mean, in a sort of tree type way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a dryadic way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. In so uh, insofar as the tree has a nature... Um, it has a certain perfection, and the perfection isn't in itself. I mean, this is this is the Christian view of the cosmos that per- the perfection of things is actually outside of themselves. So you see this; everyone knows this about man, or everyone should, which is that like your perfection is ultimately something you couldn't expect. It's in God. It's yeah. it's in what transcends you. But what we often don't and, do, and also in that say the same thing about nature. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> but what we don't often do is say that relationship that we have to God, where we where our, the fulfillment of our nature is precisely in being uh, transcendently given a gift that we couldn't expect. So we actually perfect ourselves outside of ourselves. This is also true of dogs and trees mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I perfect the tree. Right. I mean, I don't actually, but I... You could. Could. <laughs> could Maybe I? you ought to. <laughs> Have you thought about that, Mark? <laughs> and, and it's true that just as man cannot fulfill his own n- nature by himself, he actually needs more powerful agent above him, the angels and God, to reach down and, and to fulfill him. So ain't those that those things that are beneath us animals and and plants actually need us to be able to fulfill their nature too mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the huge you know it's a linking arm stretch going all the way down mm-hmm. lifting all the way back up yeah and so you can see mm-hmm. why when this essentially christian medieval cosmic vision 
is lost around, I don't know, something that happened in the 15th and 16th centuries. Uh, <laughs> when this whole vision is really lost, um, you have the opening of a door to a new paradigm. Now, what's, what's, this, is, this is, to me, very important, that it's not the case that no one thought in the manner that we're talking about before modernity. Okay, like anyone could have this view. In fact, I would say you can't understand sin unless you're mm-hmm, presupposing exactly. that anyone can look at nature in a technological manner. Right. But the actual word technology and it's the presumption that it is a, a sort of natural given category of human affairs doesn't come into being until modernity. I mean, the actual word is very odd because techne is making, uh, ology or algia mm-hmm. is is a study of, right? And And where it was first used, study of, am I saying that right? Something like that, uh, where it was where it was first used, it was um, it was in treatises that were sort of cataloging inventions and stuff. It was not ever considered to be something like well, we just refer to technology hmm. generally. That wouldn't have made any sense. Like a technology was a book that included yeah, a bunch like of how things. you would use the word yeah. biology. Yes, yeah. exactly. and you don't use the word biology to refer to an animal, right? Exactly. So, so even the I think the, <laughs> now we do. Isn't that weird? It's like it's biology. We talk about like a thing's biology. Isn't that weird. Oh, I guess sometimes people do do that. Yeah, and they do it wrongly. It's the yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can see how as the the as it becomes increasingly not apparent that things um, have a natural perfection outside of themselves, mm-hmm. as this fundamentally Christian vision is lost, then you open the door to simply considering as the natural state of things um uh the, i didn't say that correctly uh the natural state of things can be convincingly described as one in which we're at odds with the universe and we don't really perfect anything in our nature we arbitrarily and violently destroy other natures removing them from their proper ends and redirecting them according to our own ends and so the uh dialect becomes one between master and slave rather than between um, the father and son or the thing that is less perfect unto the thing that is more perfect. That's what I mean, one of the things that's interesting about that is that part of the classical wisdom is that the master-slave relationship, when totalized, that the master himself ends up a slave of the, of the, of the servile mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so... technology then as an attitude towards the world that like you're saying seeks to enslave it the more total that becomes the more the more we aren't even the masters of of our constructions right and and i think we see this with the evolution of machines in a very literal way where the machines become increasingly less tools that like a human being is operating mm-hmm. and more things that seem to operate on their own, right? And that we, and that have power mm-hmm. and therefore we are reacting to the power of the machine and the machine ha- is like an act, right. right? It's not something that a human being in act is activating. Right, like the right. machine itself is activating potencies or whatever in the world. Yeah. And, and so the world, we, 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 we can l- sort of lose control of it or it, it, it has powers within it that we now have to react to even though we constructed them, yeah, right, and that um, that is the move into a sort of total tyranny. The world is. That tyranny. You just made sense out of this quote that I've always found very like mystical. Jacques Ellul said, "Technology can be described as the victory of the earth over man." Yeah, 
Wow. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, one of the things, one of the consequences of, of exactly the situation you've described, which is that we end up serving the machines we make uh-huh. instead of using them, mm-hmm. um, is a view of history that um, that views the passage, that marks the passage of time through the improvement of devices. Mm-hmm. So this has been something that's bugged me for a long time, which is that, you know, when we think about history moving in a direction, we always think of it as getting better and better. And the way that we understand things getting better and better is always not through like anyone being happier and happier, but through devices. So we quite literally measure historical movement by reference to the machines and their evolution mm-hmm. as opposed to our own. And I can't think of more of a, sorry, not our own evolution. I don't mean like a- Our own development. Our, our own development, perfection. our own flourishing, right? Yeah, right. So we say like, okay, we know we're better off living now than then because look at- Our bombs, they've <laughs> never been better. Yeah, I mean, look at anything. So you take some, uh, you know, we used to- we used to not have any kind of long distance communication and then we got the phone and then from the phone we got the cell phone and now we can, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I've told you guys, I've made this joke before, but in looking at the technological age, an axiom of historical analysis for me is that the worst is, the the future is always worse than you think it's going to be. And I, and that's like a joke, but when you're talking about the technological age, there's actually something really to it because of what you're talking about that, at any given period, the human, what's left of the authentically human within its, its uh, context of technology imagines what it'll build in the future, right? And it imagines it from its, where, wherever it stands in its freedom, human, human nature, like where we haven't been enslaved to the machine yet. And so we imagine that we'll have these nice machines that we in our freedom will use. Mm. But then what actually happens is as we build it, we we ourselves are being degraded, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't realize like when it actually comes into the future, we're no longer the relatively more free people that we once were. Now we're more servile. Right. My favorite right? example. <laughs> my favorite example of this that you gave. I mean, you were so giddy when 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 the like. Oh, I just love glasses. it when I come up with the perfect. Yeah, when I see the perfect uh, instantiation of this I mean, axiom. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. You were like, you know, remember Back to the Future? There's like you know, things that are like digitally projected in the world and you're like walking along and there's and like, like a hologram ad pops up and like, yeah, that, that was the way we would imagine the sci-fi future where we're kind of inundated with advertisements that are, are inundated with media that are in the world. Yeah, and right? instead we just duct tape an iPhone to, to our, our face. face. <laughs> yeah, it's worse. That was my highlight of my no, year know, when you I said know, that. I know, like, yeah. like, but, these, but these sorts of things, the, these, that's, a, that's a, a kind of a funny example where it's right in your face. But it works at a deeper level too, you know, where where things happen. And yeah, you know, we're bad at predicting the future because we're, we we don't realize how the world we build changes who we are. Mm-hmm. Well, right? I always like to think of the Wright brothers because if you read their writings, like it is, they're just giddy with flight, like with mm-hmm. the fact that they are going to develop flight. And if and and as they projected in the future the world was incredible that they imagined. Mm-hmm. Like, we were going to fly. You know what their first words were when they started to fly? Mm. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jacob. <laughs> oh. 
But as we all <laughs> as we all know, uh, the future is worse than they thought. Yeah. <laughs> as anyone yeah. who's been on an airplane knows, it's like somehow we Ryan Air, <laughs> and, I, and I, I don't mean that. This, I don't think this is a universal uh, axiom. I just think in the technological age, yeah. it has become one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. It's a very fruitful topic, which is ironic because technology as such is barren. So, so what else are we doing at this conference? We're talking about like. Uh, What's the problem with this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's the problem with the screen? Yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll yeah. talk about fintech. Well, well screens are weird. What's fintech? Yeah. It's Financial like technology. Dolphins. Screens have always fascinated me because um, this, this goes to what you're saying. Like, what was projected in any kind of sci fi future was a great diversity of. of innovations and mm. developments um like we would have we would have more and more inventions that would change the way we live in all sorts of different ways so we would we would have jetpacks for travel we yeah. would have you know like um, assuming that we'd still want to travel well, because sure. the people who are imagining it like travel that's right <laughs> that's so what do we saying, what yeah. kind of in- invention <laughs> do we have to travel and it's like well no what we don't realize is in the future we're just going to sit in front of a screen well exactly I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we don't care about travel, so the jetpacks never happen. Right. The future is worse than you think it's going to be. And so on and so forth. The point, the point, <laughs> I was, was going to make the slightly different point okay. that, um, that the, oh my gosh, I'm just lost it. That the, dang it, Andrew. I'm sorry, I blew it. The story of my life. Let's keep talking about jetpacks, though. Oh, right, right. The, 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 the fact is, everything has become a new development within screen technology. Mm-hmm. So more and more, we're not seeing a diversity of technological innovations. We're just seeing a constant uh, either fixing of the problem of screens as, as as they become more and more part of our life or the taking of custom customary behaviors and ways of doing things and mediating it through a screen. So the screen has in our day, I think, seems obvious become a sort of error technology mm. like um and there's something very sad about this because it means that we're being satisfied by the images of things i mean a screen is for images so the technological drive has kind of reached this boring plateau where if anyone says i've got some new idea it's like it's because now you can do banking through a screen and now you can do entertainment through a screen now you can have sex through a screen now you can anything well you can't but they but but then yeah but as andrew and i will go back to your point you would say uh you don't want to anymore you would you don't want to have sex You have degraded what sex means yeah. to the experiences that are possible through exactly. a screen. Therefore, mm-hmm. you can have sex with a screen. So the through future a screen. is worse than you thought it was going to be. Much worse. <laughs> Much worse. We'll talk about all this See, and more. I'm telling you, it holds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can convince me. Yeah. But you can't. You, J- Jacob is right that you can't really have a new poly conference without talking about money. On some level. Oh, I, I guess you, you're the one that says that. No, I'm just tired of talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want you to talk about <laughs> technique and finance. As a as a part of this conference that people can expect, maybe even look forward to. Well, uh, yeah, I think we're gonna um, get a couple of fun guests. Um, we're going to make an, an amazing announcement, actually, um, of part of ways in which our financial technologies have both um, sped up and distracted 
our commercial lives um, and then some of the ways out of it as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have some, some great guests to, to point us in the right direction too. So it won't all be negative. No, that's true. Because we'll take the mic away from Mark at some point. Well, hey, that's a good question. What's your favorite device? Me? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not all negative. It's got to be something you like. I mean, we. I like we, cars. You like, you like cars? Your car? Quite man? a bit. Yeah, really? I really enjoy driving a car. Okay. It's awesome. Got a car, man. Jacob? Um, <laughs> well, best perk of modernity. Andrew, <laughs> best perk. I like uh, the book. That's a great. That's a good piece of. That was that was before modernity, though. Weren't the first codices, uh, yeah. you know, like yeah. when Christians were yeah. coming around? Like printing was, press yeah. stuff. Actually, that, that was one of these things that everybody says in, like, apologetic circles. It's like the book was invented right around the advent of Christianity, which made carrying around the Gospels and preaching them more feasible hmm. for for missionaries. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? So I like penicillin. Cool yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Antibi- I mean, antibiotics in general. Very helpful. <laughs> Andrew and I got a wood splitter last week. That wood was a, splitter? Yeah, that was Is fun. Is it one of those yeah. gas-powered ones? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> we split a lot of wood. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but then, you know, actually, I, I uh, was looking at something for Adam um, at Ravazzoli, and he, he sent me this link, and it was entitled... Um, uh, a human-powered wood-splitting machine. It was just this jack guy <laughs> chopping wood faster than we were splitting it. Felt very emasculated watching that. It's okay. So, you guys yeah. can use machines. You just need to know that they're, yeah. they're crutches. There's oh. total crutch, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going to deny that. <laughs> um, okay, Marvelous. I think that, that, that does it. We should stop talking. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, everyone... Hey. Please come to our conference. I think we think it's going to be a blast of a time. I'm excited to learn. It's going to be at a different location this year. So yeah. Come see we'll, the new sites of Steubenville. That's right. It'll be it'll be very different, um, but strangely familiar. <laughs> uh, so there it is. Therefore, should we destroy the servers? I should say we also, uh, as we invite all these guests, we really want them to consider that question because, you know, it's not fair to have a conference where you really discussing and thinking and critiquing um, technology and its hold on our lives without answering the bigger question, which is like, well, if that's the case, should we destroy it? Mm. Uh, should we destroy it in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want people to, to think about that um, and sort of debate with among themselves the pros and cons and come to the conference with some, some sort of opinion. Um, but yeah, there it is. So there's the conference. We're going to be discussing technology. Steubenville, Ohio, May 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Keynote speaker, Matthew Crawford. You can register right now, newpolity.com slash events. All right? We'll see you in Steubenville. See you in Steubenville. Bye.